Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how's everybody's weeks going? So this podcast episode is all about the anxiety or uncomfortable emotion that we feel when other people are feeling negative emotions. (laughs) Do you often find yourself feeling anxious if you sense a change in mood in your partner or your friends or family members? Or if someone tells you that they're annoyed at you? you feel that rush of anxiety? This was probably one of the biggest struggles that I've really had to work on during my own coaching journey. I would feel like in my relationships, I was just constantly on red alert, monitoring other people were okay with me so that I could feel safe and secure. And while most of us likely have this to some degree, If you notice an intense anxiety about other people's potential negative thoughts and feelings, firstly, you are not alone. I did too. But secondly, you are not strange or broken. Our brain developed these responses to certain situations based on our past experiences. If you've not already head to my previous episode on circumstances being neutral, I dive into that a lot deeper there. But often, if we had parents or people in our lives at an early age, when our brains were still developing, who were quite emotionally volatile, as in they would exhibit quite intense outbursts of emotion out of the blue. To our brain as a child, we don't understand that this actually has nothing to do with us and is just about what's going on for them in their brain. We feel incredibly unsafe. Maybe in some situations, you even were unsafe. Maybe there was abuse in the home or ways that your parents actually did put you at risk. But either way, your brain will have perceived negative emotion like anger as dangerous and a threat. This is definitely what happened to me and why my brain picked up this intense fear of negative emotion. Our brains then labeled, as brains love to do, any sign of someone experiencing a negative emotion as a potential threat. On some subconscious level, we do not feel safe when we witness someone feeling or expressing a negative emotion. So when you start reflecting on the anxiety you feel when your partner is in a bad mood or snapping at you, you can try to understand that this is actually a survival response of your brain. It's a learned response coming from your primitive brain, which is categorizing this as a threat when it likely isn't one. Assuming here we're just talking about people having negative emotion or, you know, being in bad mood, feeling angry versus any kind of physical abuse or threat, just to be super clear. And you maybe have heard me talk about before how to our primitive brains, rejection is deadly. Thinking back to the caveman times when we lived in small tribes, if the rest of your tribe decided that they were pissed off at you and left you in the middle of the night while you were sleeping, you would have been likely to die of starvation or be eaten by predators. So the humans that went on through evolution were the ones whose primitive brains had developed the survival skill of social cohesion. 
as in they had understood the importance of getting along with people and not upsetting people or making people mad at them. But in modern day society, being rejected is not a threat to your physical safety or your life in any way. It's no longer life or death. The threat is no longer physical, but purely emotional. If somebody rejects you or is mad at you, the worst that's going to happen is you experiencing some form of negative emotion. And sometimes you might notice yourself responding intensely to someone who's actually expressing that they feel annoyed or angry with you. But other times, you may feel this same intense emotional response, but just to the perception that someone potentially could be upset with you. Maybe it's a text with no emojis from a friend who usually sends a lot of emojis. (laughs) Or a slightly shorter, blunter response from a friend. Or maybe someone not calling you back when they said they would. If your brain decides, oh, they might be upset with me here, then that can be enough to trigger the same anxiety response in your body. Think of this like your body sounding the alarm. Threat identified. (laughs) Time to panic. Evacuate the building. So when you say to yourself, it makes me so anxious when they're upset with me, or it makes me so anxious when you snap at me like that, you're not actually correct. That emotional response and behavior is a neutral circumstance and your brain learn interpretation of what that means is what creates your feeling of anxiety. The combination of both your primitive brain's wiring compacted with potential experiences from your childhood or even things that happen later in life can create this belief in our minds that someone feeling angry or upset means something has gone terribly wrong. And most of us think about negative emotions in this way anyway, even those that don't feel a particular amount of anxiety when their partners are mad at them. We subconsciously believe the aim is to be happy and feel positive emotion all of the time, and that life has gone wrong or that there's some kind of error when we or the people around us feel any kind of negative emotion. But negative emotion doesn't actually mean that anything has gone wrong. Negative emotions are supposed to happen. You are supposed to feel angry and irritated and frustrated and sad some of the time because you are a human with a human brain. Just like your partner or friends are supposed to as well, especially in relationships. I remember I used to subconsciously believe that something had gone terribly wrong if my friends were annoyed at me or disappointed that I'd cancelled plans. But actually, if you're having relationships with humans, with human brains, having negative thoughts about each other sometimes means that everything is exactly as it should be. All humans are living the human experience, which means having 50-50 positive and negative emotions. Their brains are bound to have negative thoughts about you sometimes. All the things you do, all the things you say. Just like you likely have negative thoughts about them sometimes and the things they do and say. A lot of us also make someone being angry or annoyed with us mean they're going to reject us for good. Which makes sense. If we think negative emotions are abnormal or mean something has gone terribly wrong, then it makes sense we perceive it as a threat to the entire relationship with that person. Even though maybe logically we know on some level that our partner being annoyed that we scratched the car (laughs) isn't going to be enough for them to end the relationship for God, 
Our primitive brain is always on red alert for that threat of permanent exile, so to speak, that permanent rejection. You may also have some thoughts about what that emotion means about you or about it being your fault that they feel that way. If you're listening and you feel like it's all of these things or perhaps only a few, that's okay. It may be a combination. Grab a pen and paper and ask yourself the question, so what if they're mad at me? What would it mean? And just see what comes up in your brain. You can even try repeating that question, so what? Multiple times to keep digging into deeper layers of it. Get all of these thoughts out on paper and see what's going on in your brain. One of the things you may discover is your brain making them feel a negative emotion mean that it's your fault or mean something about you. In one of my earlier podcasts, I talk about how people don't create our emotions and that it's always our thoughts that create the way we feel and that other people are just neutral circumstances that we have thoughts about. Now, that same theory and concept applies the opposite way around. You do not create the emotions in other people's bodies, even if they think you do. Most people believe other people create their emotions. So it's likely the people in your life do believe that, and that's okay. But it's actually not true. If your partner or friend is experiencing a negative emotion, it's actually just because they're having a negative thought. And even if that thought is about you, you did not put it into their head. Going back to the scratching the car example, someone could have thoughts about that that create a lot of anger or annoyance at their partner. Someone else could have totally different thoughts that it's no big deal and easy to be fixed. Same circumstance, totally different emotional response based on what the individual person thought about it. You and everything you do and say are a neutral circumstance and people could have a whole bunch of thoughts and reactions to you. Now, that's not me saying we should just be uncaring, unloving people who don't give a shit about anyone else. We, of course, want to show up as the friends and partners that we want to be in the world. But the way people respond to that is up to their brain. Any human brain is bound to have negative thoughts about you at least some of the time. It's funny because I remember when I was working through this myself, and I thought if I stopped believing that I was responsible for other people's emotions, it would mean me showing up less caring. But really think about that for a second. When you make somebody's emotions your responsibility to fix and your fault, you likely show up with an agenda. You want to quickly hurry them out of their negative emotion. You want to get them to change their thoughts and change their minds and feel different fast so that you can finally relax and feel okay again. It's actually all about you. And that, my friend, is actually not very caring. <laughs> but on the flip side, if we know that other people's brains are what create their, their negative emotions, not us, and we don't make ourselves responsible for fixing them, and we don't believe they mean anything has gone wrong or that they even need fixing, we can actually show up in a much more compassionate and kinder way. We can hold space for their negative experience without trying to resist it or talk them out of it. We can just support them and be there for them with no agenda. None of this, please hurry up and feel better so that I can feel less guilty for making you feel bad. 
So not taking responsibility for other people's emotions actually allows you to show up more compassionately, not less. A thought I used to love to practice about this was, they are a human being having the human experience, or they're having thoughts that are creating emotions right now, and that's okay. And these thoughts reminded me that nothing has gone wrong or needs fixing when someone is feeling a negative emotion. And that this is just a human being with a human brain. So here's a few things that might be helpful to you if you've resonated with what I've said so far and you know that you can end up feeling very afraid of people being mad at you or anxious when they appear to be in a bad mood. The first thing is to remind your primitive brain of your physical safety. That might sound a little strange, but like we said, to your primitive brain, you are not safe. Someone being angry at you or annoyed at you is a survival threat. So taking a moment to soothe this part of your brain with phrases like, okay, we are safe, or I am safe, I'm okay, can actually be really helpful. I also teach a technique called processing emotions, which is all about how to calm our nervous system when we're feeling any emotion. So head to episode five of the podcast titled How to Handle Your Anxiety for a deep dive into this concept. And it basically involves noticing where you feel the sensation of the emotion and allowing it to be there instead of resisting it. We can allow the sensation by just observing them and then describing them in neutral physical terms. For example, I'm feeling anxiety. I can feel it in my chest. Feels warm and heavy. It's pulsating, feels like a heavy stone. Notice how the sensation feels only with the aim of making peace with it being there, giving it full permission to be there for as long as it needs to be, and even imagining that you're making space for it within your body. When we resist these sensations, they actually intensify, which is how people end up having panic attacks. So allowing them helps them to dissipate and move through your body a lot easier. Like I said, head to the episode on this if you're not familiar with this tool already. Then I want you to get really curious about your brain. If the circumstance is someone being upset or annoyed at you, perhaps think of a specific example and ask yourself, why is this a problem for me? Why is this so scary? Your brain likely has a lot of thoughts about what this means. <laughs> so write them down. Part of doing this work is getting really curious about the thought creating our emotions. And it's really hard to do this without writing them down because we have 60,000 thoughts a day. Perhaps you're making it mean something about you. If they're feeling upset or annoyed because they're having thoughts about something you've done, what would that mean about you? That you're a bad friend, bad partner, employee? Whatever it is, maybe it's that you did something wrong. Remembering that just because someone has negative thoughts about us or something we did does not make us or the thing we did objectively wrong is really important. As a child, if you had a hot and cold parent, your brain probably interpreted every bad mood or emotional outburst that they had mean that you've done something wrong. As I said before, you do not create anybody emotions. You didn't create your parents' emotions and you don't create people's emotions now. Their own thoughts do. And just because they have negative thoughts about you or this situation 
does not mean anything about you or that you planted those emotions into that body. You are a neutral circumstance and they are bound to have a lot of different thoughts about you, positive and negative, from time to time. So question what you're making that negative emotion mean. What does it mean about you and why? Why are you believing that's true? How might it not be true? What if them feeling this way wasn't actually a problem? What would it look like to feel neutral about this? Even if you perhaps do wish you'd done something differently, maybe you have done something that you don't particularly like and now somebody has negative thoughts about it. Okay, so what? What do you want to make that mean? How do you want to show up for yourself and speak to yourself being an imperfect human who made a mistake and who doesn't always show up as their best self? If your fear is that them being mad at you means you're going to be permanently rejected, consider whether that's really true. A thought I love to practice was, it's possible someone can be angry with me and still want to be in my life. That was mind-blowing for me because my brain did not think that was possible. (laughs) I assumed if someone was angry with me, that was it, we were done. Another thought might be, I'm open to believing negative emotions are normal parts of human relationships. If your brain has built an almost instinctive response of anxiety to other people's negative emotion, it likely feels super automatic. So helping your brain break the association between someone being angry or annoyed at you and you feeling anxious is also key. And you can do this by practicing thoughts like, it's possible they can feel angry and I can feel totally calm. Things like that will be useful just to show your brain that that person can have their emotion and you can totally choose and feel a different emotion for yourself. As I suggest thoughts, notice how they feel in your body. Try them on, but only use them and practice them if they actually do create a shift for you or a slightly more positive emotion. What resonates for my brain might not resonate for yours. So it's important that you try on the thoughts, but then find ways of thinking that really do resonate with your brain and that you can actually believe and that feel good when you think them. If a lot of this stems from a fear of being rejected, that's also something to get really curious with your brain about. If they were to permanently leave your life, what would that mean for you? While of course you don't probably want to be happy if someone you care about decides they're going to leave your life, being terrified of it to the point where you're afraid to even slightly displease them is likely not serving you and causing so much unnecessary suffering. And the way you can tackle this is to really face the monster onto the back. If this person or group of people decided they didn't want to be in your life anymore, so what? And I don't mean so what like, pah, who cares? (laughs) That's not what I mean. I mean really ask yourself that question with curiosity. What am I most afraid to experience if they did? What if I could actually handle this person leaving my life. Ask yourself, if they did leave, what would be the worst thoughts and feelings I would have? The answer to that last question is what you're actually afraid of, not the rejection itself. 
And nine times out of 10 with my clients, it's about what they'd make this person leaving their life mean about them, that they're not good enough, they're not a good enough friend or likable enough or attractive enough. And also what they'd make it mean about their future, that they'd never find another friend like this or a relationship like this again. Those two interpretations are completely optional ways of thinking if someone were to leave your life. And it's no wonder you're afraid to rock the boat in your relationships or slightly displease anyone if those thoughts are what you think you'd have to believe if this person were to choose to leave you. So whatever your answer was to that question, get curious. Is that really a fact? Why? How might it not be true? What else might be true? What would someone who felt neutral about it think instead? What would someone who felt more hopeful or even optimistic? What would your future self want to make them leaving mean about you or for you? Doing this will offer your brain new perspectives and you can use them to come up with some believable thoughts that you can begin practicing right away. Another thing I want to mention before I wrap up this episode is boundaries. While it's always our thoughts that create the way we feel, that doesn't mean we should never have boundaries for the kind of behavior we willingly want to put ourselves around. So if you know you have a nervous system that's wired to go into fight or flight mode when somebody yells at you, which I do too, by the way, don't judge yourself or beat yourself up. You can use all of these tools to help soothe yourself and practice new thoughts about what you want to intentionally make somebody's negative emotion mean, which will hugely help but also making a decision to leave the room if someone is yelling at you may be an appropriate boundary. And you do this by simply deciding, if this person raises their voice or yells at me, I end the conversation and leave the room. And then we can come back to the conversation once they've calmed down a bit. This is a way of you taking control and looking after your own experience and nervous system maybe giving yourself the space to process your anxiety and also choosing to have conversations when both people are in a place to really calmly talk and listen and not just reacting, which can of course lead to emotions escalating. Boundaries is a big topic which requires its whole own podcast episode. So I'm going to do that in next week's episode. So if that last part resonated with you and you know that you need more support with boundaries, be sure to tune into next week. Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you this week. So until next time, have a great weekend. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.